What is up, amazing humans? I am having so much fun connecting and chatting with all the amazing guests we've had to date so far. I just hope that you're enjoying listening to them as much as I've enjoyed having them on the show. But I'm also having a blast connecting with all the fabulous listeners. That's you. And that's why I want to take a quick second here just to give a shout out to one of our listeners of the week. Alina wrote, I'm listening to your podcast and I want to thank you. It gives me such a magic energy listening to you, your voice, and the information. Here's the thing, y'all. There is nothing that warms my heart more than receiving messages like this one. To know that my message, my voice, and the information that I'm sharing gives someone else magic energy to do whatever it is that they want to do is the reason I started this podcast. It was a way for me to dive deeper in the topics and the content that I wanted to share that you can't really cover in a 15-second reel or even in an Instagram post. But more importantly, my big wish, or vision as they call it, is to make it easier for people to express who they truly are. And I believe by sharing my message and my voice that I will inspire others to do the same. Hearing the word magic energy isn't the first time I've heard that. I've heard this over and over from my clients. And honestly, at first, I didn't fully understand it. But I'm starting to see how the more I live in my truth, the more I show up and share my message and share my voice with the world, the more magic I start to exude or that I exude. Call it magic, call it inspiration, call it whatever you want. I just really encourage y'all in business as entrepreneurs to find those people that spark something within you that lights a fire, that gets you believing in yourself, that sparks you to do the thing that you never thought you could do or achieve. And that is why I'm super pumped for today's guest, Nadia, because she is my messaging that sells student who graduated over a year ago. And the biggest thing she always tells me is that being in this container with me gave her the permission to launch her luxury craft subscription box. And I vividly remember when she applied for messaging that sells, when she shared her story with me and her idea, and I got this like overwhelming, deep inner knowing that her idea was amazing. And I was honored she chose my program to help her launch it. So before we welcome her to the show, I want to share a little bit about her and her business. Nadia runs Inner Canvas, an art and craft subscription box with a twist. Combining cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and craft, Nadia helps women meditate with their eyes open by unearthing the healing artist within so that they can focus on improving their emotional well-being And through expert guidance, they can heal and feel free to live the life they deserve. Sounds blissful, right? Well, I can honestly say her boxes are stunning. The detail, the thoughtfulness, the design, and the heart that goes into each and every one is outstanding. And she's just an absolutely beautiful human being all around. So it's a real honor to have her on the show today. After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. 
So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, hey, I am super stoked to have Nadia on the show today to share with you how she launched her luxury craft subscription box a year ago. Uh, she was one of our messaging that sells clients. So I'm just super stoked for her to share her journey with you over the last year as she's coming up to her one year anniversary. So without further ado, let's turn it over to Nadia to share who you are, what your business is and who you serve. Hey, Catherine. Thanks so much for having me. It's honestly such an honor to be here. So I'm Nadia and I run Inner Canvas, which is a luxurious art and craft subscription box with a twist. The reason why it's a craft subscription box with a twist is because we actually combine it with something called combining cognitive behavior therapy, which is CBT in a really novel way. This helps people meditate with their eyes open, also known as a flow state by helping people unearth the healing artists within them so that they can focus on improving their emotional well-being through expert guidance, they can heal and feel free to live the life that they deserve. So beautiful. And I know when you first came to my program a year ago and you shared this sort of story with me and your vision for your business, I remember thinking at the time, like, what a novel idea, what a brilliant idea, and what a really great way to help women. So how did you come up with this idea? Like, what was it about this that inspired you to start this business? Pre-pandemic, I had been teaching arts and crafts in kind of a group setting, but obviously as a result was unable to actually go ahead with that. So I had to come up with a way of actually getting the arts and crafts out to people. The great thing that happened is while I was teaching in a group setting, we would talk a lot about emotions and feelings and I'd embed those themes inside the crafts. But at the end of the course, I found that people would come to me and say, look, it's great that I've, you know, I'm so much aware and I'm very conscious about these feelings that have come up, but I don't know what to do with them now. And I thought that was really interesting. So I actually trained as a life coach to be able to help people and women go forward, obviously, without the cross. They could obviously go off and do their own projects. But I found actually people needed a lot more support. So I brought in a therapist to help me actually write journals that we include in all of our kits. So on a monthly basis, you get all of the crafting material. We theme the crafts around an emotion or a feeling or even something that's kind of trending. So at the moment, we're doing a box about slow living. So getting people to Amazing. slow down. So it's a really slow craft. And that's basically the way that I came up with the idea was, was more so in the fact that there was just a lot of emotions and it was lovely because so many people were so open, but then they didn't know what to do with it or where to go. And that's why I incorporated it in the box and why I felt it was really important. Yeah, so amazing. And I know, again, the whole idea with meditating with your eyes open, a lot of people that sort of come into my space, meditation with my eyes closed has been transformational in my life. But I know a lot of people say, I can't sit in silence and quiet my mind and all of that. And so I just think it's such a brilliant concept to be able to take meditation in a different way of like doing the arts and crafts and getting into that creative flow. So where was your business a year ago? I know you touched on it a little bit about 
pre-pandemic, you held workshops, live workshops, but then had to sort of pivot or rejig your business because of the pandemic. So share with our audience or listeners, you know, where exactly your business was a year ago. Sure. So I was literally, I'd literally just soft launched. By soft launch, I mean, I was testing the concept out with a small group of women. And at the time, I'd hoped that I would be able to do a live session with every box. But it's funny how when you start your business and how things actually change and you see where people need you more, things actually morph. So we actually put a lot of the energy into the journal because we find that in a group setting, people don't want to share, they're unfamiliar with the people. So we kind of, um, we stopped on that idea. But I think this time last year, yes, I'd literally just soft launched. I was hoping to properly launch in October but I have a young daughter and settling her into school and it was the pandemic and everything. So yeah, it just wasn't going to be possible. I then launched in November, which was fantastic. And it got off to a really good start because I think with all of the Black Friday and all of the kind of Cyber Monday sales and Small Business Saturday, I don't know if you have that over there, but it really just kicked off. And then with Christmas as well, I had then the December kit come out. And it was great. And I've just got off to a real, real flying start. And I think it really showed that people needed this. And it was something that because I'm only doing it nationwide at the moment, hopefully to go globally soon. But yeah, it's definitely something that people needed. Yeah. And I um, I want to touch a little bit on what you said there, where you said, like, it's interesting how you have this idea in your mind of how you want things to go. And then once you launch and you put your product out there or your service out there, you realize what people need more of. And so I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit on that in terms of like, how did you identify where your customers coming to you? Like, how did you know where to sort of like even pivot within your own business and sort of set aside some of the things that you might have wanted, but realized your clients, or your audience really needed this instead? Sure. So I think it really came from soft launching because I'd done it with a, it was a relatively small group of six people. Um, but they were all from different walks of life, different professions, all women. I think that was the only common thing that we had. But I, because I'm quite a sensitive person, so you could read the body language. And obviously we did it via Zoom. So I recorded it and then I could go back and I would, you know, maybe ask a question that was quite an open question, quite a personal question. But this is how, when I'd done the group setting, after about week four, people would start opening up because they've spent a few hours with the same people in the same room and I just thought this is just not going to work these people have just met they're not going to start talking about their feelings and their emotions and I thought this is just not going to work yeah and obviously then I was then putting out an example of perhaps that's something that's happened in my life and then I just have like crickets just dead silence so I was like no this is this is just not going to work I think this is probably best suited for to a group setting and I hope and a live session so I hope that in the future when I go back to doing my workshops I can bring that element of group discussion back in, but it's not for doing with the subscription box as I'm doing it. Um, however, it's interesting because I've now started doing CBT sessions with the therapist who works with me live in, our, in my group and people yeah. find it really useful. So it's just a conversation between myself and the therapist. Her name's Lindsay. We'll just have like a general chit chat, but we theme the talks around CBT and we're getting some really good feedback and people are saying, you know, this is, this was really helpful. I really, you know, I really enjoyed the talk and you guys get on so well and there's clearly good energy here and we can see that you, you really want to help. And so I think you've just got to keep on trying things and see how people respond. I think that's really the essence of it. 
Yeah, and so beautiful. And I think, again, there's like, you know, a combination of things for sure, right? Is like, you launched, you were new, people were new to you, right? It does take time for people to open up, especially if you're dealing with sensitive topics, or having people to be really vulnerable and who aren't maybe used to being super vulnerable. But I also think, you know, again, I commend you for not forcing because I think lots of times we can force something because we have our mindset so stuck on it, like I want my business to do this, and this is what I want. But our audience is going to give us signals and signs of what's working and what isn't working. And that trying to force that would probably cause a lot does cause a lot more headaches, I won't say probably, you know, trying to implement something that they're really showing you just by not commenting, right, because they don't feel comfortable. And so I just commend you for sort of recognizing it right away. And maybe it's something that yeah, you can introduce in the future once you've developed a little bit more of that warming. But it looks like with the therapist, Lindsay coming in, and you guys having those kind of open discussions that it is starting to open up the conversation um, and help people feel feel more you know, welcome or comfortable sharing. So absolutely. And you know, that's the type of environment that I'm trying to create on the Facebook community group, which is where and and believe it or not, I still have customers who have subscribed from 12 months ago who are still subscribed now. Yeah, there's something called a churn rate where people, you know, they subscribe, and then they unsubscribe. But I've had quite a low churn rate, which has been fantastic, because those core women have stayed with me. And obviously journeyed with me over the last 12 months and seen me kind of change where I'm going and although and it's something that we talked extensively about in the messaging that sells material which was your why and I think my why is just to help people but through the art of craft yeah and I think we overcomplicate that sometimes right we try to come up with this like novel why like what is it and we can spin for so long on what that is and the why can be really simple and I think that business owners, the ones that I've seen really succeed are ones that come from that place of service, have that simple why I just want to help people through arts and crafts, like it doesn't have to be this big complex why and I think we get hung up on that of like, struggling with developing it or creating it. And I think again, it's a reflection of why these women have stayed with you for 12 months is because you have a really purposeful why of why you're doing it. So did you have any hesitations? prior to launching? I don't think I did. Um, I have to say that, I mean, other than the standard, I'm not good enough to do this hesitation. I don't think I did. And I think the messaging that sends messaging that sells coaching program came really at the right time because I was doing it alongside my soft launch. And that basically just egged me on because I was sharing all the information, you know, all my updates in the group and People were cheering for me, you know, it was that, you know, as cliched as it sounds, but there's nothing like having people saying, come on, Nadia, you can do it. We, you know, we, we're totally behind you. And, you know, even on the day, I think I soft launched, we had a call and I was so nervous and I was like, don't worry, you can do it, you know, and sorry. So yeah, there was no hesitation in the way of that this is, that I know what's right and something that I need to do. I guess, as I said, the standard hesitation is that I'm just not good enough. But because it fell in line with the messaging that sells program, it kind of just, I felt like I could do it. And I think that just was so much more encouraging. And I think as we'd spoken previously, I'd said that I needed somebody to give me permission (laughs) to do what I needed to do and to go ahead and to do the work that I needed to do in the world. And that was you, Catherine. And I think just having somebody look at you in the eye and say, you can do this. And I totally believe in you 100%. That was very affirming for me that I know that I'm headed in the right direction. 
Yeah. And I'm so grateful that I was able to be on that original part of your journey because I 100% agree. Everybody, even I, as you know, as your mentor at that time, but me being a mentor, I still needed mentors to do the same for me, right? Of like being that belief system or that support system, especially in those initial days of business who are, yeah, cheering you on. Everyone in that group and that container at that time was so supportive of each other. And that's, I mean, all the containers are really like that, but it's just that belief. If for whatever reason you're doubting yourself, um, and I know a lot of our listeners do have that doubt of I'm not good enough, or I'm not who am I to be doing this. And so what helped you sort of overcome that? Or do you still even struggle with it right now? Yes, I struggle with it on a daily basis. (laughs) Yeah, more so for the fact that I keep looking at my competition. But I now I, I think what I try to do is to just focus on me and my journey instead of looking at other people who are way ahead of me. And you know, doing and absolutely amazing things but I think for me it, it actually serves as, as a huge inspiration but as for kind of not feeling good enough what did I do it was as I say it's more of a daily thing and it's I think what I wanted to say is that you feel not good enough and you feel scared but it's about doing it anyway yeah. it's not about letting that stop you and there's that book by Susan Jeffers feel the fear and do it anyway you know feel not good enough but do it anyway you know, I see some very high profile people working and you kind of see like the full stops not in the right place or the apostrophes not, you know, there's mistakes. And I think, well, we're just human, aren't we? Yeah. And we all good enough. We're all just trying to make it. And I think for me, that just gave me quite a lot of encouragement. Yeah. And I, I love how you talk about, I mean, looking at your competitors or other people in the industry as inspiration, but really kind of putting those blinders on when and we all do this, right? We compare ourselves to other people. We see what other people have. And it's like, how do I get that? Or how do I, you know, and that comparison can get us going down a really negative rabbit hole. But it's like when to put on the blinders and when to look at these people for inspiration so that we don't get caught up in that sort of negative self-talk of I can't do this or who am I to be doing this or their subscription box is way better than mine. At the end of the day, we never really know their story on the inside, right? And they could be struggling just as much as we are in that moment. It just might optically look better on the outside. We have no idea what's on the inside. So I love that you shared that whole thing around comparison. Because again, I think it's something in the entrepreneur space, a lot of people definitely struggle with. So what would you say is one of the biggest things you've learned since launching your subscription box a year ago? I think for me, and it's just my own personal journey, because obviously we're all on our own journeys. But what I've realized is that setting up a successful business is actually a long term game. It's not like you're just going to you know, launch an amazing product and then just, you know, hit the road running. You know, these things take years and money and blood and late nights. And I think what I've also learned is that social media is a little bit dangerous in the fact that it glamorizes on like entrepreneurship and and being an entrepreneur. And it's it's not as glamorous (laughs) as people kind of make it out to be. It's great. It's good fun, but it's lonely and it's tiring and hard. So I think for me, what I've learned is that it's hard. It's hard. And you are completely mistaken if you think that, you know, you can have an amazing product, launch it and, you know, put a few Facebook ads on and hey, presto, you're done. It just doesn't work like that. You know, you need to educate people. You need to, people didn't even know that crafting and therapy can really be a thing. 
you know it's you have to educate you have to kind of there's all the whole branding you have to you know people need to recognize you and that takes years you need to build that trust you know so and they say things like um you know you need to have an ad up in front of a customer seven times before they actually even take any notice so there's all these little things but they take time it's in those times when you're feeling a little bit down and maybe that things haven't worked out maybe the box wasn't so great and you didn't get that many customers that you just sit there and remember your why so I think it's you know as we've done in the messaging that sells material it was always going back to your why and going why am I doing this okay I'm here to help women you know unearth the healing artists within and because it's such a personal thing to me because it's something that really helped me I know that there's you know, it's, it's so incredibly powerful and so simple, you know, a bit of craft, but yeah. it can pull you out of real dark spaces. And I think knowing that I can do that if I just keep on going. So the other thing that I picked up, which I still have, I actually have it on my phone, is Fail Fast and Fail Forward, which is a huge revelation for me from Catherine's material. Because, you know, like we were talking at the beginning about how you kind of just gauge it with the customer and see kind of like, is this going to work? Is that not going to work? Okay, maybe I try this. Maybe I try that. If you don't try things and then say, oh, not that way. Okay, step back. Okay, let's try this. Then you're never going to know what's going to work. And maybe something will work like 25% here and it will work like 33% over there. And you just have to keep on trying. There's no formula really. And on that line, finally, is that the obstacle is the way which is actually the title of a Ryan Holiday book about stoicism, but it's totally true. It's finding a way around, you know, there's always a workaround, but the obstacle is the way. And I think that that really sums it up really. Yeah, such great takeaways. I mean, there's so much I want to dive more into with you just based on what you said, because I love the first thing you said and all of the other things, but the very first thing of so trans, like being so transparent about entrepreneurship and one of the missions that I'm on is is sharing more transparently about business because I remember when I opened my brick and mortar, you know, six months in, I was like, they lied to me. <laughs> they lied to me about what entrepreneurship is. And so I love that you shared, you know, one, it's one big test. There is no magic pill, magic hack, secret code that somebody's operating by that there's, and what worked for one business might not work for another. There's just a bunch of strategies and you got to tweak and change and test and that there has to be a level of commitment to the long-term game because so much of the entrepreneurial space is about that quick action, get the results and get these massive results overnight. And none of this is overnight success. It is blood, sweat, tears, you know, late nights, especially in the early days of business. Uh, so yeah, I love the transparency that you shared and the learnings that you shared about just, yeah, just being transparent of what business really does look like from behind the scenes. And Catherine, sorry, just to add to your point, actually, when it came to, I can't remember if if this was one of the exercises, but I definitely had a huge realization based off one of the exercises that we did on the coaching program. And that was that, what is the price you're willing to pay to, actually, I'm sure it is, what, what price are you willing to pay to have a successful business? And I think until you're in it, you don't really know what price you're paying. Because as you say, you know, you, you're six months in and you were like, no one told me that this is what yeah. it's going to be like. But for me, and I think I said to you, the price I have to pay is 
sitting with my family and getting a takeaway on a Friday night. Do you remember I said that to you? I'm watching a movie. I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah. Am I willing to not have a takeaway and watch a movie on a Friday night with my family for the next five years? Am I willing to spend every evening, seven nights, seven days a week working till midnight? Yeah. You know, because this is entrepreneurship. This is, you know, it's not lovely cafe lattes in the morning and looking beautiful and (laughs) just it's literally tie your hair up wash your face right let's work yeah and every single moment when you think you have a free moment actually you're not you're still working inside your head something's ticking you're always thinking about something so yes I think just on that just to elaborate a little bit more it's just what price are you willing to pay and for me it was it was that Friday night takeaway and every single evening for the next five years to get this thing off the ground Yeah, the thinking about it too, right? Because we hear a lot in the online space, this, you know, I work way less, and I'm sitting poolside. And one of the things I always say is like, you can change the scenery, but are you changing the amount of work you're doing? Like, yes, you might be poolside, but are you constantly thinking about your business? And I would say the majority of entrepreneurs are always thinking about their business, their mind doesn't turn off on the weekend, right? It takes a lot to rest and relax and to actually really shut off. But You talk to a lot of six, seven, multiple seven-figure business owners, and they're going to tell you that their journey was 13 years, you know, seven, eight, 10 years to get to that point where they have the systems and the team in place to allow you to have those Friday night kebabs with your family and watch a movie, right? And we glamorize the seven-figure, eight-figure lifestyle, but for the startups, we don't tell them all the crap that had to happen to get to that seven figures. And yeah, the over the thinking about it for sure. So, you know, I love the transparency of of what business has been like the last year and a lot of the takeaways and the fail fast, fail forward, right, is one thing I preach so often because we can't fail if we're not willing to do or to take action. The failure comes from doing and figuring out that didn't work. And I don't even really necessarily like to say it's a failure. To me, it's just all learning, to be honest, right? It's like, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to pivot here within your business, but it's being committed to the testing and the experimentation. And if we don't get the sales we wanted or expected on a launch or whatnot, that we're willing and committed to trying something different and trying a different way. So where are you now in business? What does business look like for you now? What have you achieved in the last 12 months? Yeah, so it's been quite a journey. I think for me, it was more so getting into a routine because I do have a little one. So I have to kind of, it was like, oh, okay, so I'm working a really late night. Oh, and she needs to be up tomorrow. Oh, and she's got this. Oh, okay, so that means I can't work. Oh, so that means I'm going to be, you know, so it was just kind of getting into routine. That took me about six months, if I'm honest. It took me quite a long time because of the pandemic. I had to homeschool as well. Yeah. So getting into a routine is probably where I am now, kind of 12 months on. But aside from that, we've completed nearly 12 fantastic craft projects. We've got a growing community on Facebook of crafters. And, you know, as I say, people who have been with me from the beginning, which is fantastic. I've been featured by a company called White Stuff. So they're a a beautiful apparel wear company that we have here in the UK. I don't know if you have it in Canada. We don't. I think you do. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I don't I'm know if sure. we do. Okay. Yes, it was fantastic to be picked up quite early on, actually, just a few months in by quite a big brand in the UK. And I managed to do a feature for them, which was great. And I'll soon be partnering with a major online retailer 
in the UK as well. So they reached out to me and said that we'd like to partner with you. So it's great, you know, just as somebody who's just sat here in my home. Yeah. <laughs> operating from a home premises, got all these major people getting in touch saying, we like what you're doing. So I think those are probably the kind of the major things that have happened in the last 12 months. Yeah. And such brilliant things again. And these things happen because you were willing to take the step and put yourself out there and to launch this, even if, you know, the launches at first didn't look super pretty or, you know, you're scrambling and learning kind of as you go. I know there's going to be a lot of listeners mamas who are going to be inspired by your story that have small children or children and figuring out how to balance entrepreneurship and motherhood and caring for your home in a lot of ways too, right? So how did you get your routine down? For me, it was because I know my why, and this sounds very strange, but because I, I know what I'm doing and I know why I'm doing it, I have energy. And because I love, love, love what I'm doing, I have energy I can work till three o'clock in the morning and get up three hours later. And and I'm so sorry for the mamas out there if this is not helpful and you have super duper little ones. But I think because I'm such a determined person and if I love what I'm doing because I've come from a place where I've not loved what I'm doing when I worked in corporate roles and I compare it to now the energy and the gusto and just the the real passion that I have for what I'm doing, I can work till three o'clock in the morning and get up at six with my little one. But it's not sustainable. And I know that and it's not healthy, but to get me started, that's got me through lockdown, to be honest, with the pandemic and homeschooling, I would basically from 8am till the time my daughter goes to bed, it's time for her, really. There's nothing that I can do. I can't control the situation. So the way I could control it was to put her to bed at 7.30, for example, quickly clear up and start working at eight o'clock at night and I would work and work and work. And the other thing is, you know, we have a 100% battery or maybe even an 80% battery when we wake up in the morning. So I'd have to be very careful and very selective about the tasks that I was doing. So what's important, you know, what's what's a money-making task? What's a super duper important task? What can wait? You know, what's just admin? So it was just about prioritizing, really. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you've hit some really good points there because I think that time, we all have the same amount of time in a day. And it would be interesting. I know at the beginning of this year, I did a big inventory of the time spent, right? Because I think like you, I'm very similar when I love what I'm doing and I'm into it. 13 hours can go by and I'm like, oh, I've had a cup of coffee. Like not healthy and not great and not sustainable long term. But as a creative, when you have that energy, and you get into that creative flow, it's really hard to break it. So I wanted to map out at the beginning of this year, that was one of my goals was to like, where am I devoting my time? Because I think we can waste time on tasks that aren't going to move the needle in our business. And I think this is where I think moms or parents get things down really well, because they have only small windows in the day to work on their business. And so they can only focus on the things that are going to move the needle, the revenue generating, you know, customer experience or service, all, you know, getting the box ready to ship, (laughs) right? Like delivery of product or service. And so they get hyper-focused. And so the scrolling on Insta that, you know, if you had more time in the day, might not be something you're able to do because you just don't have that time. So I, I think you touched on some really good points of sharing, you know, what those priorities are. And for any entrepreneur listening, Focusing on the revenue generating activity should be your priority first and foremost. And then 
you can have more time to do the other things once you've focused on those. So I think that's a huge. So what would you say in your business is a revenue generating activity? Designing kits, really, that are going to catch people's eye and going to be exciting for them. Obviously, I need to look at things that are trending. I need to look at colors. I need to look at, you know, the culture that we have here is probably very different to kind of other countries, looking on Pinterest, looking on YouTube. So for me, really, the core things are a good kit that people are going to get excited about fantastic video tutorials which I film and edit by myself I'm all self you know I'm self-taught so I've had to teach myself how to do all of that and again that's another thing as an entrepreneur is you have to learn everything yeah. <laughs> you, you have to be the accounts manager the video editor the social media manager you have to do everything don't you so and obviously then the other thing is sourcing all the products and then packing all the products and then doing the marketing so I think those really are the kind of main things which I guess for any product based companies very similar yeah so what would you say to somebody who's struggling who's sitting on the fence right now going like I have this idea and I really want to put it out there but I just I don't know if I'm good enough or who am I to be doing this or all the fears that might be going is it going to succeed is it going to work what if I put in all this effort and it doesn't work what would you say to them if they're yeah sitting on the fence to starting a business or struggling in their business right now two things if I'm honest yeah. um, the first thing is feel the fear and do it anyway because you don't want to be I don't know I think it's because I trained as a life coach as well we had a module on on how many days we have left on the planet yeah there was like a, a chart and I think every dot was a month and you have to color in where you currently are in months old and when you look at that it just brings things into perspective so I think feel the fear and do it anyway you know there's no point in trying to avoid the fear of failure or not working or not feeling good enough you just have to take the first step I mean it's like motivation you're never going to feel motivated you're never going to feel ready you just have to do it and then you'll get the feeling after. I think we've got it wrong in our culture yeah. where we think that I need to feel motivated and I need to feel ready and I'm going to wake up one morning and go, yeah, I'm going to set up a business when actually you're never really, that's, you know, that you're never going to get that. Yeah. There might be a few people, but you're not going to wake up one morning and go, I feel brave or I feel good enough today. It's taking the first step, I think. And secondly, you know, if you're really struggling with mindset or, you need that permission from somebody, get a coach, you know, that's what I did. I think for me, I sat down and I thought, right, I've tried everything and yeah. I'm not getting anywhere. Something needs to change. And for me, it was taking the step to get a coach who's going to give me that permission, who's going to look out for me. And, you know, Catherine, we've been in touch and working together for a year and a half nearly. Yeah. The lessons that I learned in that coaching program will take me forward probably for the rest of my life. And I think we underestimate that power. Yeah. I'm a pretty motivated person. I've been very successful in corporate. I'm I'm okay, but I still just couldn't get started for whatever reason. I was just jammed and stuck and didn't know what to do next, I guess. Because it's not like I can just call up my competitor and say, Hey, I'm trying to set up the same thing as you. What do I do now? Like I'm stuck. It's just about figuring things out and having the confidence to make the mistakes because it's not like you can just go and ask someone, is it? So I know people like you and I, high achievers, go-getters, people that, you know, 
set goals and go after them and have achieved them and achieve success in other areas of our lives, whether it's be corporate or uh, brick and mortar. I know in brick and mortar and corporate for me, I achieved great success. But when I started the online business, for me, it felt like a very different ball game. For whatever reason, there were parts of it that made me feel really stuck in it. And it took me a long time to ask for help because I was like, I can figure out how to do this. So, but I know that if I would have hired help sooner, I would have been further along. And I don't want to look at necessarily that way because you can end up shaming yourself and regret and all that. And I don't want to live with that. But what would you say to the person that is stuck? That's that go-getter self-starter who's like, I can just, I'll figure this out on my own. What would you say to them to like inspire them or encourage them to get the help because of what it's helped you do in your business? Sure. So I think the single thing that I want to say really is that we're all students, really. And I think admitting to ourselves that we don't know everything is is really the biggest step, really. Is, and it's a huge, you know, it's something that you have to really sit with yourself to actually say, actually, I don't know what to do and I don't know this next step. And it's quite hard for, for someone who's been so proficient and so, you know, always done well and always pick things up quickly that actually now you're thinking, well, why isn't this working? What is it that I'm not getting? So it's actually taking a step back and maybe stepping down a bit and just saying, I don't know everything and I need help. And I think that's a really brave thing to do is to actually say, I need help. And I think for me, I think what I had in my mind is what is a coach going to tell me that I don't know already? And a coach is just going to give me all these things that I need to do that I need to do. It's not like the coach is going to say, right, you know, sit next to me, right, come on, pen and paper, right. It's not like the coach is actually going to like do it for me. That's not how it works. And I think ultimately I knew that I would have to do this additional work and I think there was a fear for me to actually do that because it was such a huge thing for me to have to go through to actually look within myself to get it out if you know what I mean so they say the only way out is in so I think for any professional or any corporate person who's you know really jammed and doesn't know where to go I think it's just admitting to ourselves that we don't know everything and the bravest thing to do is to say help. Yeah, so beautiful. Because I think again, yeah, asking for help is such a hard thing. And as you shared early on is like, we wear so many hats as entrepreneurs. And so I think that was probably one of the biggest blocks or jams that I had, like, yes, I was successful in the offline brick and mortar world. But the online, there were so many different hats that I needed to wear, you know, the tech, the Facebook ads, all the things that we weren't necessarily using in our brick and mortar to grow it that I had to learn, right? How to create videos, how to do all the things like you said, is you're learning that as you go. And that can really stall you in a lot of ways. And so yeah, just admitting to yourself that you don't know everything that we are students for life, and that we're going to learn forever. And then if we can kind of just set that we know it all aside, you know, it's super powerful. So what would you say is your definition of success? This is quite a difficult question because I think it means so many different things to different people. But for me, for me, ultimately, success is freedom. And I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast the other day and he said the same thing. And I thought, yes, do you know what? You're so right. I don't need somebody telling me when and where I can spend time with my family or, you know, that I would speak to somebody and say, can I take this day off because I need to spend it with my daughter, you know, or, you know, that I need to do something. I think for me, that freedom of, that there's no limitations on somebody telling me what I can and can't do with my time. That's real success to me. 
And if I want to spend three hours cooking a meal for my family in the evening, then I can. And if I want to have my Friday night takeout with my family, then I can, you know, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I think, especially having been an entrepreneur, for me, it's just about the freedom. You know, it's not necessarily glam and, you know, flying to all these beautiful places and lovely cars and all that kind of thing. It's just the way I choose to live my life now is just in a very simple, happy way. As long as there's good food and good company, for me, that's a, and health, I think that's also very important. That is a successful life to me. Yes. And I love it. I love it. The reason I asked that question is because I am on a mission as well to help people redefine success for them because it does look so differently for everybody else. And if we are looking at outside of ourselves, this is my belief, we're looking outside of ourselves to see what success is for, you know, six, seven, eight figure business owners, we can lose ourselves in that process because we forget our why we forget what it is we're doing this for. And freedom looks differently to everyone as well, right? And so it's it's about defining what that looks like for you. And when you're grounded in that, then it makes what you're doing motivating, exciting. You fall in love with the process of it, right? Because you have the freedom to cook those meals for three hours if you want to. For me, it's like I get to take an hour off and go for a petty in the middle of the afternoon, you know? After this, I'm meeting a friend and helping her with a wedding setup because she's a florist. And so I get to do that because I'm my own boss. And so that's what freedom looks like to me is, yeah, that not having that time commitment to somebody else or having to ask permission for that time. And so that's why I asked that question, because I just think it's so beautiful to hear everybody's perspective and know that we get to define that level of success for ourselves. So it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I could go on and on and continue to chat with you about your business. I just absolutely love it. I cannot wait till it crosses the pond because I think that all of the boxes you've put out this past year are absolutely stunning. I love the one that's just launched, the pillowcase plus the wall hang. It can be a pillowcase and a wall hanging. I'm just like, when is it coming to Canada? <laughs> yeah, so... I hate. Yes, yeah, because, yeah, the crafts have been so thoughtful and beautiful and luxurious. And I you put so much heart and effort into sourcing, you know, the best of the best. And so I just love following along your journey and super excited to see how things go for you onwards and upwards. So where can people, for those people that are in the UK, how can they buy your box or sign up? You can head yeah. over to my website at www.innercanvas.co.uk. And we have a shop there where you can purchase all of my previous kits or you can sign up for a subscription. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle Inner Canvas Official and the same handle on Facebook, Inner Canvas Official. Awesome. Awesome. And we will link those up in the show notes for our listeners to be able to connect with you. And even if you're not in the UK, you know, eventually this brand is going to go global. So definitely head on over to Inner Canvas and uh, follow Nadia because yeah, her stuff is beautiful. And it'll likely give you inspiration to even maybe do some arts and crafts in your own house until it does go global. Yeah. So yes, thank you. Such a pleasure having you on and and super stoked for our audience to, to hear this episode. So I mean, who can't wait for Nadia's craft box to make their way over the pond? No pressure, Nadia, but I know you have some eager customers patiently waiting. But that doesn't mean you can't follow her because it's a real treat to see what she's crafting each month. So be sure to check out the show notes for all the links of where you can find her. Now on to episode number 20. 
I'm bringing on another special guest, the founder of 90X Planner, Alon David, to chat about productivity, success, and mindset. I promise you Alon makes goal setting simple and takes a minimalist approach, which the creative in me absolutely loves. So be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss when this episode drops on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.